Welcome back to Rusted Junk, the 80s movies podcast. Do you find yourself wanting to put on a corked hat, fight crocodiles in the outback and then move to New York? How about befriending an alien by dressing him up as a ghost on Halloween? If so, this is the podcast for you. If you remember searching for that perfect film from Blockbuster, and if you grew up in the UK, waiting for that one VHS copy to be turned to the newsagents, then welcome. We'll have fond memories waiting for you. I'm Charlie, and the rest of the Rusted Junk team are Amanda. Hello. Joe. And Dom. Hello. Cheers, everyone, and welcome to the, well, the final podcast of 2024, um, and our second Christmas film that we're doing, um, after a Christmas story, which... I think it's fair to say didn't land as much as I thought it might be. And Dom, I, I, I would like a brief um, synopsis of what you thought of A Christmas Story, because I think we need to complete it. You were missed well, on the podcast. First of all, thanks for all the listener concern and feedback uh, inquiring about my whereabouts, but I can <laughs> yeah, put those rumours to bed. I haven't been kicked off the pod for repeated ethics violations or profanity so here i am um that's how yeah, we kick him Joe, off i forgot that's how we do it right sorry yeah okay i was i was looking forward to, to discussing it as well having sat through it i thought i'd earned my right to discuss it um yes absolutely yeah, I, I wasn't a fan no i can't understand why it's an american cultural institution and um my god my version of guantanamo to get me to crack would be that uh 24 hour tv repeats that they put on in the states back-to-back episodes i think i'd be probably 20 minutes into the first one but certainly by the second or third i'd have cracked and grasped all you lot up anyway put it that way so yeah no not a not a fan but also well I, no, I'll, I'll i'll keep my spoilers for for this review later on but uh yeah that was a, an interesting experience to have watched it and not to have been able to comment on it i felt i felt was a missed opportunity okay you are going in and out by the way on your on your internet just to let you know Am I? Just, ah, just a little okay. bit. Uh, Bang that Ethernet cable in if that's a... Uh, right. Maybe. Okay. Sorry, listeners. No, um, no, no. We, we, need, we need you uh, all guns blazing. All uh, fully fully okay. up to speed. Uh, give, me, give, me a, give me a kick if it happens again. Yeah. Yeah, I heard everything you said. It's just the video kind of... Yeah, it's just a video. Yeah, the audio people love you. And I'm sure the video people love you equally as well. Well, I do feel I look like a clown, a festive clown, but um, I'm not sure how I got talked into this. I'm sweating as well. I'm so hot. You don't need to wear it. It's fine. You don't need to wear the tinsel. But then, by the way, listen on audio. Please do tune in to what we look like on, um, because I'm wearing my Christmas jumper, my diehard Christmas jumper. Um, Yeah, we're all having a bit of fun here on YouTube. So come and join us. Is it it fun? We're certainly not the three wise men, are we? We're the three... The three well, festive clowns, I think. Yeah, <laughs> you speak for yourself. Tom, <laughs> you look like a, like a drag Santa with the tinsel <laughs> scarf. If that, if that doesn't the, move you from audio to video, I don't know what will. And the robin on your head. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm so hot. I've got my mother-in-law here. She needs the temperature to be at uncomfortable levels at the best of times. I've got a thick jumper on. I've got tinsel around my neck. I've got this hat on, which is uh, not the best fit. So, yeah, I'll look like a Christmas... Proper Christmas pudding by the end of this one. So, oh, yeah. I for, uh, do you, have you listened to our podcast? By the way, the, uh, did you listen to what we said about Christmas story or not? Oh, of course, I did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which, they, that, that's a no. Then I've been very busy. I've got I've got a complicated right. life at the moment. So, do, do you know that we're going to we're going to open three crackers because this is what they don't have in the US, and I'm going to read you out. Yeah, I'm going to read you out the uh, the joke. 
We bought a box of 12. There's only three of us for Christmas Day, so we're going to have still going to have three crackers each. So that's fine. So we'll do that at some point. Uh, I will introduce... We, um... What does... Uh, what did Santa's reindeer... What happened to the elf that ate, ate too many Christmas decorations? He got tinselitis. See, look at this, Joe. This, these, yeah, these yeah are, I mean, these are staples of the Christmas Christmas. It's, uh, it's funny he said that in the last podcast, and I forgot the answer already. All right. Shall I? Shall I open a cracker now? Shall I do him in a different? Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. Okay. I never who seen wants, one. I was going to say, who wants to open a cracker? This is what this is what they look like. All right. All right. So. Toilet so paper you, rolls. You hold, you hold either side like that, and then you go, and it, and it, it's basically a little bit of gunpowder, and it makes a sound like a crack. It didn't make a noise. It, well, it did. It did hear you. All right. So in in here, oh, got cheap crackers. I need to go and get some better crackers. So, I have a joke. What do donkeys send out near Christmas? Don't know. Mule tide greetings. That's actually uh, as cracker jokes go, that's not bad. As, as normal jokes go, it's utter mule crap. But uh yeah. Mule oh, tide greetings. Is, eh? This is a game. So I've got a piece of trivia. What sport is played on the largest pitch? It's actually a question, it's not a joke. Alright, hang on, hang on. Okay. Uh, this is always good good audio, isn't it? When we have a long pause for thinking about things. So, well, it's Christmas. We're having a bit of a drink, which we'll get to in a moment. So, what sport is played on the largest pitch? I'm going to have to rush you. Um, I'm going to say football. Oh, oh, good lacrosse would be good. It's polo, obviously, because you've got horses running around. So you're going to need them. Okay. Um, and I've got to hum a tune, and you've got to guess it. So, that is pathetic humming. That is that is like oh. awful. Could you hum oh. properly if you're gonna if you're gonna do it. Lean into it. Yeah, hum. Is it? hum like, never hum. <laughs> Just because you're doing a little dance doesn't mean it's good humming. I'm putting myself into it. I can't do anything else. Is it all I, I want gonna... for Christmas? No. It's in the lips, Charles. God. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. You should get it. There's three times now I've done that. Like a mental patient doing that. That is. Uh... Yeah, or we give up. What is it? I wish it could be Christmas every day by Wizard. Oh, I don't know which, what the hell that is. Which How you am I get that? Know that? No. Well, oh, all right, okay. All right, well, that usually there's something else. There's a toy or something in there. So I think I'm going to get need to get new crackers because these are rubbish. Although mealtime greetings is pretty cool, to be fair. So anyway, more more cracker hilarity later. Um. So, oh yeah, we have got a podcast today. Should we should we tell each other that we? Well, what? What are we? What, can we can we hurry up and introduce the alcohol into proceedings? I was going to say the same thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. Why do we what start I'm, with crackers? So, I'm drinking a, and I've got a little bit left, a Thornbridge Jaipur, which is my one of my top three beers of all time. I've also got this little beauty. I've got a uh, Hofbrau Oktoberfest beer, so a bit of the uh, uh, German uh, German element. I've got a 
collaboration between Thornbridge and Budfar, checkmates, and my beer from Christmas past. <laughs> and it's not beer. Dom, Mad Dog 2020. The hell is that? Oh, right. Well, it's 13%, so it's basically like having a bottle of wine, um, but it's blue raspberry. But this stuff just messes you up. A bit like Thunderbird. But I ordered some of these during lockdown because I thought, oh, it'll be like a jolly wheeze. I never drank it. So, well, what kind of alcohol is it? Is it like, it's is it whiskey or ras- raspberry flavored grape wine based drink? Oh, wine based. Wine based. Yeah, it's, it's never seen. It's never seen a grape in its life. They're brewed on an industrial estate in East Yorkshire. Champ's <laughs> Choice, I think, is what they're affectionately known as. And yeah, they're That's what fifteen-year-olds do to get messed up. Well, yeah, it's one step above White Lightning. It's not quite that bad, but it's um, yeah, it's a good way to get pregnant, teenage pregnancies, and wife battering into your. <laughs> It's your backstory if that's what you're interested in doing. Most people grow out of it uh, in their teenage years when they can afford to upgrade to skull. What? To wine. <laughs> to wine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> little wine. So, no, no more wine-based for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm having the good stuff. And Actual I'll have a, a bottle of Blue Nun. Yes. Oh, that's a good choice. Joe, what are you drinking? So I got Chi-Chi's Mexican Mudslide. See, now, Dom... He's going to tell you the percentage, and you're going to go, all right. Well, it's 12.5% alcohol. Oh, right. Uh, but what does it say? Per volume, it's 25 proof. And, and before mean? we recorded the podcast, he said, oh, but one time, I had a whole bottle of this to myself. And I'm like, that's like having a bottle of wine. It's like, yeah. Oh, really? And? and? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not like you guys, you know. I drink responsibly. <laughs> it's this responsibly thing. Anyway, so mudslide. I've never heard of that. What what sort of? It's wrong. Give us the, top, uh, give us the tasting and, notes on that. And chocolate. Uh, it's actually from what I read on it. I'm supposed to blend it, but I put some couple ice cubes. And it's mudslide on the rocks, and it's a nice tasting drink. Okay. 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 So. Uh, Sort of uh, American equivalent of maybe what Dom may have. What are you drinking, Dom? Well, I've had to adjust the tinsel because I'm getting neck sweats. That's an attractive image for your for your <laughs> listeners. Um, Looks like yeah. suspenders now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Let's see if the tinsel lasts. Well, I didn't get the memo properly on Christmas drinks. I just bought a drink. Uh, I bought a bottle of whiskey. Nice Lagavulin, uh, which are birthday, but. Um, in the spirit of Christmas, I've got the true man's drink. All English men sit around it and drink Baileys at Christmas. This is uh, Irish cream liqueur. If anyone yeah, staple. Yeah, the original Irish cream, product of Ireland, and this is 17% alcohol. But what's um, good about this is it just tastes like a child's drink, so you can just knock it back and then try and stand up and fall over so yeah i'm drinking baileys purely for the aesthetic of this christmas pod i'm gonna have this one glass it hasn't even got ice in it it's warm roots to baileys i'm gonna switch the whiskey so cheers okay. happy sunday yeah. to, to oh, cheers everyone yeah. yeah merry christmas you are breaking up slightly still just to let you know but only a little bit my video or my audio uh that last one was a bit of video and audio but it's fine oh, no. you've got the gist okay. of what you were you got just... the gist of it. You only got, it's hilarious. It was hilarious. It was ten out of ten <laughs> comedy. It's never hilarious. 
It's just, you know. Ah, uh, oh no. Do you, so, to drop so you guys are... Ah, I don't know. Oh, it's all um, right for the moment. Yeah, we'll tell you if it gets too bad. Oh, gosh. Yeah, um, but you guys say, you say Happy Christmas instead of Merry Christmas, right? Happy Christmas, mostly, yeah. But you can say Merry Christmas, yeah. Go, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. Yeah, you can't go. say, ho, 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 Happy Christmas. Doesn't work. Yeah. Anyway, we've got a podcast to do. Yeah, let's get into this. Speaking of that, yeah. Um, we're doing the 1988 Christmas film, uh, Scrooged, starring Bill Murray, Karen Allen, John Forsyth, loads of people, loads of people. Um, this was my choice, I think, or it was a collective choice between myself and Dom, um, after A Christmas Story, which, uh, Dom, if you didn't listen to it, I gave three out of ten, um, which I think might be my lowest score. I don't know. What did I give Legend? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I think Legend was worse. Well, it's down. It's yeah. Anyway, uh, I've asked loads of, every ever since the podcast. I've asked loads of people, including colleagues I work with, a Christmas story. None of them have ever heard of it. I mean, literally, they just draw a blank and go, "Why? What's it about?" Oh, it's a film in the eighties that's actually about the forties, about a kid that wants a gun that his dad was going to buy him anyway. Oh, right. Oh, no, never heard of it. Well, if you explain it that way, it's like, what does he want a gun to go kill somebody? It's he, he wanted a BB gun slash rifle, a red rider. There's never a follow up, Joe. There's never a follow up going. Oh, okay. Provide some context to that. They just go, never heard of it, and they don't. Weirdly, they don't want to know what it's about. Anyway, mm-hmm. we're talking about Scrooge. Um, Dom, do you want to go first on this one? Okay, I've lost confidence there, my internet connection, so that's uh, that's rattled me badly for this. Uh, You're okay. You're all right pop. for the moment. Okay, I'll speak quickly. Yeah, um, so what did I think of it? I was, I, it's apparent really early on in this film that the whole thing is going to hinge off Bill Murray's performance. It's basically a Bill Murray vehicle, and I think he's an actor that splits opinion. I, I, he's been in some films that I absolutely love and some roles that I love, and I think he can be dreadful as well. And um, this is a, the Bill Murray show, and I think your enjoyment of this film will depend on how you think he does it. And in my opinion, he does not pull it off at all. So I, I have a quite a few issues with this film. Oh, Joe. Yeah, I never liked this movie. I remember when it came out, I didn't bother to go see it. I just was not interested in it. And they've done a Christmas Carol numerous times. There's so many interpretations, and I guess they wanted to do something different by making it more modern and bringing Bill Murray into it. But it just didn't work for me. And as I was watching this, I kept thinking, I bet you this would have worked more if it took place during Dickens' time and Bill Murray played Scrooge at that point. Because like the whole trying to make it hip and new and having Bob Cratchit split into two people, it just was kind of too much, you know? And I just wasn't interested in anything. And I know Richard Donner directed it, and I love him for directing Superman, the movie. And what he's done, Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Uh, I know you hate the Goonies. He did the Goonies. Yeah. So he's pretty good, but I guess he's kind of like you could say he's hit and miss. And I really felt that he dropped the ball with this one. If you're going to blame anybody, you can blame Bill Murray because this was basically dependent on his performance, like Dom said. And I didn't think he did a good job. But everybody sucked in this movie. I don't think there's any saving grace in this movie, really. It's just a mistake, as far as I'm concerned. Oh. 
Well, Sorry to be a Scrooge. There's a lot of Christmas spirit running through this podcast. Woohoo! Well, you deserve wow. it after what you did through a Christmas story and me. I didn't do anything to it. You made me watch it and you got an honest opinion on it. Um, right, well, I'll cut back to uh, a 16-year-old Charles that is looking for something to watch over Christmas and goes with to the, the guy in Ghostbusters uh, that was also in Stripes and Caddyshack, which was on rotation in the... Uh, the Hunter household on VCR. Um, wow, he's going to make a Christmas film. Uh, I ended up going with one of my friends that I don't normally go to cinema with. Um, and at the end of it, I remember coming out and feeling very Christmassy. I ended up thinking, okay, put really? a little love, put a little, yeah, put a little love in your heart. That's oh, not even okay. a Christmas song. Let's <laughs> not put a little love in your heart. Well, yeah, it's just not, it's not a bad way to end. Um, I ended up giving, you know, giving him a hug, giving him a handshake, and a Merry Christmas. Did the Your job. Friend? Yeah. Jeez. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it got me, and I just thought, I, I, I really genuinely enjoyed that. I, I thought it was funny. I thought there were some bits in it, and I went to see it again. So after the movie was over, you and your friend stood up in the theater <laughs> and you hugged each other? No, we went outside. <laughs> and just just we wanted went. our privacy. <laughs> Just before we went for a pint, we yeah, we just we gave each other a hug and a handshake. That's what Christmas is about, man. I mean, you know, bit of uh, Yule Tide cheer. Have you? I'm not sure we have. You hugged some guy off the back of Scrooge, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I don't know. Of all the, do you not hug other guys? Well, I've never hugged you, and, uh, and I've done more important. Th- I thought I'd done more important things with you than watch Scrooge. But um... when you came to when you came to my house, the, the house that I had for the fiftieth, did you oh. not see me hugging pretty much everybody? Did except, you hug me? Except you, yeah, Mister Mister Ice. That's fine. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you did. You wanted a handshake. You got a handshake. That's what you got. Like most George, men, who was I... with me got a handshake and a hug. Got two for one. I don't mind a hug from another man as long as I get a couple of weeks of written notice so I can prepare for the, yeah, <laughs> the trauma. Joe, do you not like hugging either? I mean, what the no, I don't mind a hug mean? either, but I wouldn't hug after Scrooged. That's not one of the no, movies. No, but if I you would... were feeling, if you came out of the cinema and you went genuinely, that's good. He was uplifted. He changed his ways. Yeah, great. Especially the bit where he went that mm. half of the audience, that half of the audience. Just the men, just the real men, just the women. Yeah. Oh, that was so cringy. Yeah, My we, God, we you're all did easy, it. Please, don't you? We all did it. I was 16, for God's sake, and I loved it. Oh, you were doing it in the theatre? Yes. Because he, the, he was telling the theatre <laughs> to do it. I didn't think he was telling the theatre. I thought he was telling <laughs> the people. Wasn't it filmed before a live audience? No. He's telling the, this half of the theatre, he says. I don't think Jesus. he meant the actual theatre. Well, I, I assume you call a cinema a theatre, so that's what he was no, referring to. No, maybe he was, like, addressing the people at home. Why would he address the people at home? I don't oh, know. the people on the, the red couch over there. Right. Can, so, can so you, you're saying... The, so you're the saying he, on the chair, can you do it? So you're saying he broke the fourth wall in this movie? Yes. Yeah, he did a do Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Do you feel he was doing that, Dom? I, I, I personally, I do. I think he was talking to the people in the... I'm going to call it a cinema... Thank you. Um, but yeah, but at the same time, it did make my toes curl as well. So I think oh, both Jesus right. Christ, you two, seriously, I'm not being funny. I mean, it, it's it's got it's based on Scrooge. It's based on a Christmas Carol, 
And yet you've cut, you came both watched it and came out with it going, oh, yeah, a bit rubbish, well, really. Your 16 year old self has gone down in my estimations, but presumably <laughs> now you're into your 50s, I hate to say, uh, yeah. you, you didn't feel the same way this time. No, I, I think I have that memory and I have that good memory. And every time I watch it, Amy sat down and watched half of it with me and she went, oh, I want to watch the other half. And I went, yeah, I can do that. I'll watch it again. She liked she liked the Ghost of Christmas Present, so she liked being and being hit with a toaster and everything. So oh, yeah, Loved I that. guess we'll have to go through all this oh, step God. by step. Oh God, listen! Oh well, I, I'm really glad that I'm. You know, shall I pull another cracker to get some bloody Christmas Christmas yeah, spirit in? Well, maybe I'll pour another glass. Maybe that'll cheer me up. A well, bit. tell you what, you both get drunk, and uh, it's fine. Shall I pull That's another cracker? Way. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Okay, here we go. Imagine. But that didn't make any noise. It did. It made a massive noise. It's got, no, gun, it's got no gunpowder in it either. I can it has. Confirm that. Mm, I don't well, it's got it. a slight bit. Oh, God. these I'm going to get better crackers. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you what else comes in it. So, you get... The king hat. The king hat, yeah. Yeah. So, you put it on... Obviously, I'm not going to take all the stuff off. But no, I remember yeah, Mr. Bean wore one. Yeah. Right, the gag. Did did Rudolph go to school? No, he didn't. Mm, Very good. No, that's not bad, Joe, but no, it's not that one. Don? I I, I don't know. Did Rudolph go to school? No, it was elf taught. That's dumb. Well... (laughs) Right, anyway, you've, these are so crap. These are M&S in which, well, in which, No, these are Sainsbury's ones. Nah. Okay. The cheap ones. In which country did the song Silent Night originate? Uh, German, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, ah, no, not Germany, but... Holland? No, not Germany, but... Austria? Yes, Austria. Very good. Um, and I don't know what this is. It just says, who am I? Snow White or Elvis? I don't know. Am I supposed to act it out? Well, go on. White, White that, Christmas? That gone. I know. Oh. Elvis did Blue Christmas. One day my prince will come. How about that? Snow White. Okay, you would have got that in one. Fine. Right, okay. Well, on that movie. note. <laughs> well, on that note. <laughs> Right, let's get to roll call because there's a lot to dream here. Right, ready? Roll call. Here we go. Roll call. Roll call. Right, I am staggered. Before we go into it, I'm staggered by Dom's admission going, well, Bill Murray's all right. He's done some stuff that I do like. I've done some stuff that he don't like. Can we, uh, do you want to elaborate, Dom, on the stuff that you don't like that he's done? This, for a start. Right, okay. <laughs> Caddyshack. It's horrible. Jesus Christ. Right. That, no, I disagree you know, with Caddyshack. Right. You know, when I said <laughs> that there's ethics reasons we kick you off the podcast, it's for that right. statement alone that, you, that you're out. Uh, he's overrated, though. So, um, uh, sorry, well, Caddyshack is overrated. Okay. So, true. what are the bad performances out of the, out of the catalogue that I have in front of me? Uh, well, I, th- I, think, I think the ones I've listed. Um, Loud th- floundering at two, eh? Oh, well, see. I think the other one that's really overrated is that uh, one that he got Oscar nominated for. What was it? The um, Lost in Translation. Translation. 
Really? That's not a good film. No, I don't like that. And I think his performance is, which was heralded, and he was in fact favourite for the Oscar. Um, no, that, it's tedious. Have you ever seen that film? Yes. It's a great I've film. I've seen it. I, I like it. I thought he did a good job. But my problem, and I, I was telling this to Charlie before the podcast, is I hate that he got into serious movies. And that's what a lot of these comedians do. They want to show that they can expand, that they don't only have to do comedy, and then they need to direct and all this crap. He was so good at comedy for me. And then once he did Lost in Translation and he started doing a lot of those, who was that dude that he always does movies for? Wes Anderson. Wes Anderson, yeah. Mm. It took so much away from us. All the comedy that we could have gotten from him that we'll never see. And that he didn't do Ghostbusters 3 because he was a jackass. And we could have seen that too. And even now- I don't think we needed to see it. I wanted to see it. I, I wanted to see the four of them together one last time, and I would have well, been happy. Hmm. It doesn't count after after oh, no, birth okay. or whatever you yeah, call yeah. it. After birth, um, after life, you mean? Yeah, it's. I don't know. If, I, if it's you... just like I, I think he. I think he. He was great on Saturday Night Live. He was such. And again, he wasn't. You know, back in the day, like when he was on Saturday Night Live, you had John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase, and he was like almost like in the background because like he was you know he didn't do like the the news like chevy chase did but people just were drawn to him and he wasn't really looking for attention back then but everything that he did on that show was funny you mm. know like when when he did a skit or anything like that and i know with my friends it influenced us we started to behave like bill murray after a while and you know do his jokes and then he got into movies and, and again like stripes is is really good Perhaps it's about it's, it's top 10 of my 80s films yeah but yeah this one i felt like he he didn't i think at one point he got a really big head because i think he had a big head during ghostbusters because i know when we did the trivia with that they weren't sure if he was going to show up because he never really mm. he wasn't getting back to people's calls and i i think as much as i love the guy he can be arrogant and i think that he he did it for the money this movie he didn't put in his his effort that he should have done or he wasn't happy being there or he realized the script wasn't good because I just felt like this was not the Bill Murray I was used to. And I think he also might have been swayed a little bit because he had all of his family in the movie, like his brothers were there. And that might have like been the carrot on the stick for him to like have this kind of like a family affair type of movie. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I get that. Uh, however, I'm going to plot you a little graph for the moment, um, oh, and it's probably going to echo what you just what you just said. Meatballs, Caddyshack, Stripes, Ghostbusters, Little Shop of Horrors. What about Bob? Groundhog Day, Mad Dog and Glory. Whoa! Wait a minute. He's doing a serious role. He's doing. He's playing the mafia boss against Robert De Niro's underdog, the guy that, that saves him. I yeah, that was good. I would have liked to see it reversed. I know he wanted it that way. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll give you that. Next film, Kingpin. Funny. Very funny. Next film, Rushmore. Okay, back to back to serious. Okay, I get that. Oh, then he was Polonius in Hamlet in the year 2000. Will Tenenbaums. Which, which, which Hamlet was that one? Was uh, that it's the Hamlet Kenneth, with Ethan... No, it was the one with Ethan Hawke. It was a oh, reimagining of Hamlet. It's not great, but he's good in it. Lost in translation. Then what does he do? 
oh, I'll carry on this series trajectory. No, I'll voice Garfield in an animated animated film. Then, you heard about that story, right? We'll get to that in a moment. Pops up okay. in Zombieland, St. Vincent, pops up in Dumb and Dumber 2, pops up in the abysmal Ghostbusters Pops up in Dumb and Dumber 2. Come on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who knew that he was in Dumb and Dumber 2? Well, he's in it. Ghostbusters, the 2016 version, Afterlife, and then Ant-Man and a Wasp. I would say that pretty much ticks most boxes. It's, I mean, if, if that's not versatile, I don't know what is. We're not seeing a lo- enough love here for the Wes Anderson films. The Royal Tenenbaums is a great film. It um, is. The Life Aquatic is a really good film, too. I love yes. Wes Anderson. Yeah. No, I like Wes Anderson, too. I, I just couldn't get into The Life Aquatic. But I, I think, again, I still like Bill Murray a lot. And mm-hmm. you hear so many different stories about him, too. Because I know, like, my friend met him. I, I, I'd seen him filming Ghostbusters, too. But my friend had met him. And this is a nice little story. It's, like, where he was at a Met game, my friend. And I guess, like, the Mets were playing the Cubs. And he's a big Chicago Cubs fan. So he was in the stands and he was fooling around with all the guys that are in the stands, you know, making them laugh and all that. And um, so my friend's father went up to him and said, you know, my son is the biggest Ghostbusters fan. He watches it as he's getting dressed for school every morning. He goes, he he would just die if you if you could just meet you. And, you know, so what's his name? And he says, that's Tom. And he says, he goes, I'll take care of it. So he. He went up to him and he sat next to him and, you know, he put his arm around him and he started talking to him and they were talking about the game and the Mets and the Cubs, you know, who's your favorite player? He bought him a hot dog, you know, um, he gave him a really nice experience. And I love hearing stories about that, you know, like where, because you'll hear other people say, oh, he's a horrible person. He's a pervert because they tried to get him canceled like Mm. the last couple of years saying that, you know. Oh, he kissed me on the cheek and it was, I had, I did not give him consent or I mean, he rubbed my shoulders or something like that, but that's, I don't know. It, I, I think he's, he's fun, but I also think that sometimes he, I, especially in the eighties, I, I, I think he got a big head because of Ghostbusters and everybody was after him. How, how long was it this movie after Ghostbusters? Uh, so Ghostbusters was what? 80, uh, 84. Um, uh, four years. When do you say he got big head? Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, this is the first film he did after Ghostbusters. I know it's four years, so he just went off and I think he he moved to France for a while at that point. Yeah, but what did he got a big head? You're right to get a big head. All all the people concerned in Ghostbusters should have got a big head. Take a bow because it's a cracking film. Well, again, like I said, they had trouble with him on Ghostbusters too. I mean, Ghostbusters also, you know, <laughs> right. you know, where he, again, he, he he's I think he's could be a genius at times, but I also think that sometimes he knows he is and he he doesn't treat everybody with, you know, up from what I heard with the movies. But then again, when you hear these fan interactions and you ever see him play golf, like during the PGA Tour. Like they'll have like celebrities play golf. He's hysterical. He interacts with the fans. You know, he, he makes a you lot of jokes. You paint a good picture here of a guy that, you know. I am, but but I, I think when it comes to movies, 
you know, and especially this movie, it just seemed like, and I guess you'll get into trivia, you know, that maybe he just his heart heart wasn't in it. Yeah, I just, I just, I feel like that's that's what I said originally. It just doesn't feel like he really wanted to be in that movie, and and he wasn't giving us his best. And he had problems with Donna, right? Yeah, you know, he, he, he phones it in. And I think, you know, you talk about Bill Murray being a genius. I think he's one-dimensional. And sometimes in the right film, that, that works. You know, he plays a certain character, but he plays a very similar version of himself. And I think it's fairly true to life, or the, the, the role that he plays in lots of different films. I, I, don't, I think he's one of the least versatile actors out there. And yes, some of his films are comedies and some of his films are more serious, but it's still the same deadpan, dry, dour slightly sour demeanor that he brings to them all and yeah i um you know i, I certainly wouldn't describe him as a genius I, I think he is difficult and with the right director where he's got the right motivation um whether that's financial or artistic or whatever then he can be brilliant groundhog day is one of my top 10 films of all time let alone of a specific decade and i think he's brilliant mm. in that but i think he's carried that in the plot and i think the director does a top-notch job here all it takes is for something to be slightly off whether it's his motivation or the director in the case of scrooge both um and i just think he's he's poor frankly i think i think he undermines the film yeah I, I still think that it'd be hard to find someone to replace him in Stripes. Like, yeah, he was so good in that, and and he was a standout in Ghostbusters too. We love everybody in Ghostbusters, but he just like I don't know. I mean, now when I see him, like he's what was it? It was a Ghostbusters Aftermath, Afterlife, yeah, Afterlife. I can't. Say and he's in, the, he's in the new one, unfortunately, which uh, is going using all the climate change rubbish. Um, frozen, frozen planet, or something like that. It's called frozen. He's in but that. When, but when I saw him in the recent Ghostbusters reboot thing, he shows up at the end. Yeah, and and he tries to be funny and he can't. It's kind of sad. I feel like he's done so much dramatic movies now that he can't get back to that character that he once was. And even that little scene that he had with uh, Dana. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's just uh, Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. It's I nice. That's like, great. It's nice, but he, it's just he he's not as funny as he used to be. He can't be that comedian. Jeez. Sorry. This is just roll call. Okay. Okay. This is <laughs> well, Bob Murray. Oh, well, yeah. Well, there we go. I think we've uh, I think we've done that one. Karen Allen. Uh, Raids of the Lost Ark, of course. Um, and Starman. Starman. Uh, Animal House. Yes, of course. I was hoping you'd say that. Animal House, of course. Um, uh, she was in Malcolm X as well. Was she really? What was yeah, she in Malcolm X? I don't know. I, I just jotted down that she was in Malcolm X. Um, but yeah, Raised the Lost Ark, and then she was in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and obviously the Dial of Destiny, the two travesties that we don't really talk about too much. Um, John Forsyth, come on. Joe, this one's for you. Sorry, Dom. I know we haven't heard from you for a little while uh, but charlie's angels oh and that's Di- that that's the one you go to first oh instead of dynasty dynasty you mean dynasty dynasty whatever dynasty what's dynasty what it's also aluminium as well thank you um yeah, it's it, aluminum it's <laughs> aluminium nobody i was about to say who, who says that but 360 million people um, Blake Carrington, 220 episodes he was in Dynasty. 220. 
That's some feat. And that was essential watching in the uh, the Hunter household. Wasn't it Dallas? Dallas, though. Well, it was. I think it was on the same sort of level. I think the the um, Joan Collins element raised it up, and it was pretty good. Well, you had the Colbys and Falcon Crest and things like that. We watched them all. Watched a whole lot. I did. I did enjoy the Colbys in that way. Um, John Glover, the Bryce Bryce Cummings. Who? The the guy that was trying to take his job. Oh, I don't even know who the hell that was. Okay. Do do I, I recognize him instantly from one film? But does anyone want to guess? You're probably as soon as you say it, I'll probably go. Oh yeah. Uh, no, you won't because it's quite niche. But we have covered it on the podcast. It was the second podcast we ever did on Rusted Rusted Junk. Uh, he played the hitman in Moving Target, Jason Bateman and Tom Skerritt. Um, he was in White Knights, Robocop Two. He's voiced the Riddler in Batman throughout the nineties and the early two thousands in all the animated stuff. I didn't realize that. Uh, he was also in Batman and Robin, but the standout, and this is where you're going to have to help me out, both of you, um, probably more Joe, I think, than Dom. He played Lionel Luther in Smallville throughout the whole thing. I never watched Smallville. I don't know if it was any good. Uh, no, I watched Smallville, but Lex Luthor, who his son is, uh, he was very popular. He was a very good Lex Luthor. I don't. Mm. I barely remember Lionel Luther. I think he had a beard and a mustache. Maybe that's why I can't right. see him in that role. But it, it, that's probably him. Well, if you say it's him, I believe you. Mm. Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait, Dom. Well, <clears throat> surely it's just one thing, isn't it? Police Academy Two. He wasn't in the first one, was he? Uh, well, there's three. Okay. There's three. There's three distinct things here that I've got for him. All right, well, crazy, um, crazy name, crazy guy. He was in Police Academy 2. That's my contribution. Well, how many Police Academies was he in? I'm going to say, well, as soon as he got in, he just stuck with the franchise. So all of them apart from the first, that's my guess. Joe, do you want to guess? Uh, he was a bad guy in the first time he was in it. In 2, yeah. He was in a, in a gang, and then there was Citizens on Patrol. Yeah. Uh I would say he was in four of them. Ooh, you're close, maybe, Joe. Maybe three. I was going to say three. 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 Two, okay. three, and four he was in. And then, thankfully, he looked at the abomination that was four and went, I'm I'm out of here. I'm going. Um, he was in uh, to John Cusack. John Cusack special with Demi Moore. One Crazy Summer. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but He's also, pretty funny in that. He's very funny in that. And... Uh, he was also the voice of pain, one of the bad guys to James Woods's bad guys, like mm-hmm. basically the Yago and uh, Hercu- Hercules. Hercules, and he went on to voice loads of loads of spin-offs from that as well, including a series. So he did pretty did all right for himself. He directed a Bigfoot movie that was really popular. Okay. Yeah, it was really good. I saw it. It was kind of like a Blair Witch type of thing, like where you know someone had like one of those moving cameras or a GoPro and okay. these people, you know, this couple went in out and camped in the woods where uh, Bigfoot was known. And it, it was good. You never saw it like the creature. You would just see like their point of view from inside the tent. And, uh, and it was surprising that he directed it, you know, cause it was, it, it was kind of a horror film and it was, uh, I think it was called blood Creek. Um, okay. And uh, 
It was disturbing. I, I, I heard I, of that actually. Yeah. I I watched it, and, and again, I'm not into scary movies. And my my friend, she's really into scary movies. She gets pinged anytime like a really good scary movie comes out. And I told her I watched uh, Blood Creek, and she's like, "Oh my god, I'm so proud of you!" You know, it's like really. <laughs> it's like I mean, it was a. I mean, it was scary. The, the end is very scary for me. I can't get that image out of my mind. I don't want to spoil it, but it's it's kind of scary. Like well, I said, I it's like it's like the Blair Witch Project, like where you know you know. I mean, back when the Blair Witch Project, people thought that that was real, that it was found footage. Ah, well, let me introduce you to to Dominic. Uh, which is when when it came to the Blair Witch Project, he thought that was the biggest big. I, I think I was right that the biggest load of hype tosh ever. Well, I just think by the time I actually got to see it, my expectations were ridiculously high. So yeah, I'm always going to disappoint. I have rewatched it since, and it's yeah, it's got its place. I think it's not a bad film, but yeah, I went in there thinking yeah, but I mean, people did go crazy for it. Perhaps it was just a successful marketing campaign. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That corner scene at the end is rubbish. Rubbish. Is that it? Is that the end of the film? Oh, you mean... Our, our good friend yeah. Marie Dom uh, watched it when I stayed in the park in Nottingham and I had to walk her home. She was that scared. I was like, what was scary in that? I mean, seriously. Not like she was going screens. home in the woods. Yeah, she was walking in the park, probably the most like exclusive and richest place. Don't ask me why I was there. That's another story. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Marie <laughs> if you're listening. But, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He just listen occasionally, apparently. Uh, right, Dom, over to you for this one because uh, you've been right. you've been silent too long. Um, Robert Mitchin. Oh, I, we had a little pre-pod chat about this, didn't we? Can, can, can we really discuss Robert Mitchum in the context of Scrooge? Does, do we not do we not wait until we get a better opportunity to revel in the brilliant actor that he is? Um, this this is like a disposable tissue of a Rolf in his. Can we can we pick pantheon. one? If we do Robert Mitchum again, which is right. going to be kind of difficult um, uh, because of what he did. Well, no, because of what he did in the, in the 80s rather than what he did out, outside of that. Um, the Kate, original Cape Fear? Yeah. Cape Fear. Yeah. yeah. Cape Fear is he's just amazing in that. Uh, and, he's, that and, he's, and he's good in the remake. You know, he plays a good part in the remake. Yeah. Because well, he comes across with one of my greatest favorite lines ever. And I and I use it still to this day. Well, pardon me, all over the place. I just love that <laughs> line that, that he does. It's a great line because it just doesn't it doesn't mean anything, but it means everything, and everyone knows the context to it. So, um, okay, well then, I did have a list, but let's scooch over it until we get a better opportunity. Oh no! Look, I feel bad now. Go on, get, unleash your Robert Mitchell. The longest day, Back night of the hunter, the winds of war. You know, it's just. It's just a stalwart. I mean, he's he's so good at the things that he applies himself to, and yeah, just just good decisions as an actor. He's a good, tough really guy. good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but anyway, we'll scoot we'll scoot over it because we got we got a few more to do. Uh, Michael J. Pollard, the the um, the the tramp, the homeless guy that ended up freezing. Anyone want to take a guess? I've got three films on my list. The only one I remember him being in was Roxanne. Oh, okay. I didn't think you'd get that one. Dom, for well, the win. <clears throat> for the win. What's the other well, one he's in that we Oscar really like? Banks. Yeah, Bonnie and Clyde. His, 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 he got oh, Oscar yeah. for that. Yeah. Oh, I okay. That's not on my list, but thank you for that. Thank you for the uh, 
the nice uh, impromptu he was, Oscar bounce. He was nominated for that role. I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah, but this is this is I know slight tangent, and I'm not going to go through normal Oscar bounce territory here. But no, well, I, I like this is it's an Academy Award winning um, actor, and he's just wasted totally in this film playing a homeless guy that some generic, you know, Z lister could have done. He's briefly in it, um, and. And they totally squander this uh, his potential and his capability on that on that role. So I think, that, and there are loads of other examples. Robert Mitchum being one of them, of actors who are just just I don't know what they're doing, collecting a paycheck or wasting their time. And he's one of them. I just I think a lot of I think a lot of his story was left on the cutting room floor. You reckon? Well, I, mean, yeah, I suppose there definitely are some production issues with this film. But yeah, because he's he's he plays this pivotal role that he, you know his death really affects. Uh, the Bill Murray character, but you're right, Joe. He's he's barely in it, is he? So hmm. the, it it doesn't really resonate that, that yeah, he's well, been a journey. He really wasn't needed in this, you know. Yeah, I was going to say too. He was also in Star Trek, uh, the original series. He was in one of the early episodes where, oh, okay, like these kids were the rulers of this planet, and then uh, Kirk and Spock and McCoy and Yeoman Rand came down, and. Uh, you know, they they were just basically a bunch of bully kids. You know, there were there were no adults, and they were they were running this thing. You know, and I remember they any time like they would go after Kirk and Yeoman Rand, they go nee, 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 nee. <laughs> like you know they would come in like Children of the Corn or something like that. You know. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I would say I did forget genuinely forget about Bonnie and Clyde. Um. It's entirely right with Roxanne, Tango and Cash, and Dark Angel with Dolph Lundgren, which is a nice little undiscovered gem that veers into the 90s on that one. Um, okay. Uh, Alfre Woodward. Who do you play? Uh, she was his assistant. Oh, she was in, wasn't she in the Howard Stern movie? Uh, no, that was actually his. <laughs> no. Oh, that was Robin. Robin was in that movie. I yes, forget, it was. Yeah, she it was. does. She reminds me a lot of Robin. I definitely seen her before in other movies. Well, I need a geeky one from you, Joe. Like, can you give me a hint? I, there is out the films. There were nine nine films made in the series and then it was rebooted again in 2007 oh it was a geeky one uh, you know nine films nine films and then nothing for a while and then it was rebooted again and they currently made three films in the new franchise I'm stumped she was in Star Trek First Contact oh that's right yeah she was uh she was Picard's <laughs> uh, buddy there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was also in St. Elsewhere and Primal Fear. She doesn't appear in an awful lot. And and I think she's genuinely watchable. Uh, and I don't understand why she wasn't a bigger star than she was. But No, no, she is. She's, she's good. I think she yeah. sucks in this. Like I said, everybody sucks in this. Everybody. There's no, there's no redeeming feature for you, Jane. No. That son of hers, like the Tiny Tim thing. What a waste. I mean, it just was like... Oh. Good Lord. Let's get Roll Call out of the way, and then you can just... You can vent, you both of you. John Murray, basically, uh, his brother, 
Um, yeah, film. he was in Moving Violations. Thank you. Right, okay. I like that movie. It was actually pretty it is funny. a great film. But he basically yes. his his call to fame is he's Bill Murray's brother and he imitates him as a younger Bill Murray. Because <laughs> in that movie, Moving Violations, like hey guys, uh, you got traffic screwed, don't we? You know, just like Bill Murray, you would think. I mean, I thought when I first saw it that it was Bill Murray because I saw it on cable. But that's what he does. He rips off his own brother. Um, I think it was wasn't he one of the writers of Caddyshack too? Uh, uh, was Caddyshack also? He was also in Elf. He played one of the elves in the um, Did he really? workshop. Yeah, that's interesting. But the, I'm, I'm going to move on. Um, Jamie Farr. Uh, these are I've got to put this in. Oh, obviously, yeah. playing her in Mash. But can I have um, Cannonball Run? Which how many? Um, Dom, you can join in. He wasn't in he, two of them? He was in The Shake. I know he was in the second one. because I... He was in the second one. He was in the first one. He's in the second one. And what was the other one called? There was a third Cannonball Run? There was. I don't remember that one. <clears throat> Dom, for the win? I, I, I'm, no, I'm no longer even completely clear who we're talking about now. <laughs> Jamie <laughs> Farr. Jamie Farr, the guy the, uh, the, who was in the production of Scrooge. Uh, Klinger in, in MASH. Yeah, he was in MASH, wasn't he? He was in Cannibal yeah. Run. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Where's Amanda today, by the way? I miss her. Oh, yeah, me, me too. Me and Amanda need to buddy up. She's, and, she's, uh, yeah, she's on the road. She's on she's going to be auditing next week. So, yeah, she's away Good. for the week. Well, I'm, I'm now feeling the pressure as the least well-informed member of the team on the <laughs> okay. roll call. I don't know who we're talking about. So that's, Cannibal that's Fever. Cannibal, Cannibal Fever. Fever. When the hell was that filmed? Oh, uh, late late. 80s i think it's about and, 80 and that was in the movies yeah well, i went to see it really it had, a, it had a ferrari that skimmed over a lake really it was burt reynolds in it no don't be silly <laughs> he was in uh he was in the great story ever told too he's one of the apostles okay <laughs> like kind of uh, stuck out he kind of stuck out a little bit <laughs> i have these 15 commandments oh break 10 commandments um Jamie Farr, I've got to give a bit of a shout out uh, because my dad has been MASH fan. I got him to do a cameo uh, for my dad, which is for those who don't know what cameo is, you can get an, you can you can ask your favorite artists to or singers, actors, whatever, to record what you put you put in there. And it could be for a birthday, bar mitzvah, whatever. Um, you just put in there, and then they they give you their own uh, version of it. He was lovely. He was so. He didn't never met my dad. He doesn't know who he is, but he he's just started reminiscing about Mash and started talking about being in the hang glider and you know all that sort of stuff. That and Dad loved it as a birthday present. It was his 80th birthday present. Um, loved it, really good. So yeah, yeah you I've shared that with me. And it's I good, isn't it? it? Was awesome. He's lovely, yeah, I mean, isn't he? It's well worth the money. Like if you're a fan yeah. of like one of the people that does cameos, I, I would definitely. I think I'm going to do Leah Thompson before the year end. And oh, I'm yeah. going to f- focus on her with the duck. Well, before she dies. Well, she's going to die. She's going to live forever. I know. I'm just, I'm, all all of your artists joke. are going to live forever. Right. It was dark humor. Um, help me out here. In fact, I'm going to go to Dom for the next one first. Oh, God. Uh, Robert Goulet and his old-time Cajun Christmas. Oh. Tell me, tell me well, what film he was in. 
I'm mainly known from The Simpsons when he starred in uh, when Bart had a treehouse to rival Monty Burns' casino. So that's my <laughs> my main cultural reference for Robert Gourlay, um, where he fires his agent. Um, I don't know what. Nothing what else. It was Quentin Habsburg in Naked Gun Two and a Half. Ah, oh, okay. No, I probably would have got that yeah, eventually, was... but uh, no, good shout. Yeah, I think it's a big movie is Camelot, isn't it? Uh, is the it? Musical. Because I, I had Beetlejuice. <laughs> oh yes, he was in Beetlejuice too. And but he was, was also big... in police. He was also in Police Squad. Um, trivia fans, uh, he played an executed man in Police Squad, and then popped up in the uh, in the film trilogy. So. <laughs> There was this girl uh, in my office, and she started going out with this guy. And she had a picture of him and her on a desk, and he had this big, thick mustache. And me and my friends was fucked by. We'd say it's like she's going out with Robert Goulet. He was famous for his mustache, like. And again, my mother was into Tom Jones. She was into Engelbert Humperdinck, and Robert Goulet was up there too. Like they were, there were three singers back then. Never heard. He was in King of Queens too. I don't know if you ever watched that show. He was well, an episode really. of that. I don't but like yeah, Robert, the guy. His his big song is "Cold Dream," the impossible dream. That's him. He yeah, didn't write it though, voice. did he? He didn't write it. No, but I think that's from Camelot, or is it Don Quixote? I don't know. But he was uh, he was a big singer, like I guess back in the seventies. Uh, you know, like for the old crowd, not like Every he's Led Zeppelin. Every time I hear Camelot, I just think of Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I like to push the pram a lot. Anyway, Lee Majors. Lee Majors? Uh, Uh, I I want the film he was in, right? I know you're both going to tell me what TV series he was in. I want the film. uh, Oh, that's almost impossible. Starflight One. I wouldn't have gotten that. Okay. I thought you might have done. It was also in Killerfish, which is a nice Jaws. There were loads of Jaws ripoffs afterwards. Well, so I won't mention his TV series. I'll leave that. Mention them. Mention them. Well, you mention them. Dom, tell me both TV series he was in. Uh, what was that uh, action one called? The Million Dollar Man. Is that is that is that his? Million Dollar Man. Six million dollars. It's been downgraded already. I yeah, I heard uh, Donnie Warburg is actually doing a, a remake of that called The Six Billion Dollar Man. Deflation. <laughs> Deflation has hit, hit Lee Majors hard. Six Billion Dollar Man, that's right. And of course, the full guy now I found Wikipedia yeah. to remind me. Yeah. And he was married to Farrah Fawcett, the, the oh. hottest girl on the planet at that time. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But then she broke up with him. And, uh, Ryan O'Neill, who recently died because I read his obituary. So I am back on firmer ground there. But honestly, I get away with murder on this pod when Amanda's here to distract, to deflect from my <laughs> glaring inadequacies when it comes to roll call and, and trivia time. Look, we're going to venture right next season. We're going to venture into the 90s. I hope you all got your thinking caps on because it's is, this, tough. is this Is this it's the first tough. time our listeners have heard this? Because that's quite a bomb. No, no, we talk, no, no, we talked about this before. So you get oh okay well maybe uh, I'll pretend that they've never heard it anyway listeners season eight is going to be drum the nineties thank God yeah dip in the nineties what do you I mean thank four... God do, do you like being on the eighties podcast or not I, do, I love it I love being with you all I love our <laughs> listeners yeah one in particular but um, I was only fourteen when the eighties ended so actually I only remember the second half of it and to be there to be honest there probably the last couple of years better than the rest yes of it. but so, you are the you are the person what that didn't have the experience in the cinema 
And it's just like, well, that's great because then you could put, well, I watched it afterwards and this is what I thought of it. Yeah, we right. you're, vi- you're, you're, vi- you're vital to this podcast where you where you were anyway. But. <laughs> well, it's turned into a bit of a pep talk, so thank you. But um, yeah, so for the nineties, fourteen to twenty-four formative years, bang, back in the net every time. I'll know who everybody was and their names, their TV show, and whether or not they were in Star Trek. Well, I might not know that, but um, <laughs> yeah, honestly, let's just come back for more next season. I'll be on firmer ground. I'll be less drunk, less hot. I'm so red. I'm so, uh, really, I'm sweating. This is like actually like a sweatband. Cool. See, this is what all right. Mean. We can I'm take the Santa hats off. Fan over here. Right, we can I take. Can. Um, I was going to say. Uh, right. Also, this is a callback. So, did you guys watch the Six Million Dollar Man, or you just got you know watched a few episodes? No, I watched it. Yeah, I watched it a lot. But, but, well, most people watched a few episodes in passing as they're they're fishing ships at night. Some some of us, as a company. Would have watched it obsessively and bought the DVD and the VCR, no doubt, and the Laserdisc. Laser. Well, this is a callback to The Princess Bride because Andre the Giant played Bigfoot in The Six Million Dollar Man. Wow. Yeah, but how would I know that even if I watched it? I'd never know that. I am telling you, that's why. Okay. You know? mm-hmm. Well, we talked about Andre the Giant and his love for alcohol and him crapping in tubs and speaking you know. of the love for alcohol i haven't seen either of you take a drink for quite a while i've been drinking are, are you just sitting here nurse watching it look at this bottle it's just, like, just happens some been... osmosis happens between the drinking i yourself. haven't seen you drinking either you know what do you have an Good lord i've run out of beer i had to move to go nearer to my router because i was so worried about my uh, lack of quality um well, the quality's um, always there. It's whether or not well, you sound very tra- quality. The now. transmission, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, but I'm jealous of your beer. A nice cold drink could get out of the tree. I don't know why I chose whiskey. It's, I'll send you one if you want. I'll, I'll put situation. one on the drone and send it over to you. Okay, that's uh, fine. It'll I'll... get colder as it goes. Actually, that's a really good idea. Maybe. Anyway, last one on roll call. John Houseman. Bar oh. humbug. Um. Anyone? Films. Uh, I know. He's in the That's paper star. chase. Uh, yeah. I'll give you a clue on one of them. Jonathan. 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 Is that Loads of people out there were like, thank you. There you go. What was, was that? that Rollerball. My, com- my confidence is so shot to pieces that I had to say it in a quiet, tentative little voice. Because you rollerball? because you just pulled it up on you just pulled it up on Wikipedia. No. My dad used to like rollerball, so oh, I did okay. watch that for right. a few times, yeah. Anyone hey. else? Well, he's—I know he's a typical Englishman. Uh, He's—he he did a lot of commercials over here. Well hung. <laughs> he's well hung. He's a typical Englishman. Well, that's, that's what I heard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was in the fog. But Dom, you and I did a podcast. He was in. A Robert he, House man, right? Okay. No, no, um, you still don't get it. Yeah. No, no, look at you. I can see where your eyes are going all over the place. He was a driving instructor <laughs> in the Naked Gun. Oh yes. Oh yes. yeah, that's good. Bobby, yeah, right. but I think of him as me. Yeah, but Robert, Robert's given his formal name. Yeah, yeah, he was. That that was a very good scene. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that's roll call. Finally, Jesus, that's the longest. I'm not doing, I'm not doing this pod again without Amanda. Yeah, I'm not doing this oh, pod yeah. again without Amanda. Well, I'm sure she'd be flattered with that, but you know, schedule, a uh, schedule is a. Uh... Look, we listened to a podcast, and and find, and then one of the hosts was away for a year, over a year. And she finally came back. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see that? I'm halfway through. 
<laughs> is she? Is she? Does she say why she was away or not? Uh, I'm halfway through it, but not so far. No, but the film oh, okay. they did, which is uh, Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind, is is absolutely brilliant film. I think and, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that it's not on my shortlist for the '90s films, but if we were doing two seasons of '90s films, it would have been on on my list. Mm. Is yeah, it '90s? Is it what? Is it '99? Oh no, no, you're right. It's two, I think it's 2000, isn't it? Yeah, it's into the um, 2000s. So yeah, scrap that. No good shouts, but great um, film. Listeners, great check film. it out. You great just film. have to follow the films we talk about. Uh, yeah, Jim Carrey's. Second best film after Dumb and Dumber? Uh, I think you forget the Truman Show. Well, I, know, I think that's third. I think that's third. Dumb good, and Dumber. Eternal good Sunshine, Lord. Truman Show. Right, okay. Right, well. well. We talk about... All right, all right. I didn't mean to talk about Jim Carrey, but compare and contrast. Bill Murray, one-trick pony, sometimes hits, sometimes misses. Jim Carrey, very, very versatile actor, can do comedic, serious... How the better. hell can you say versatile? When you just said Bill Murray isn't versatile and he's done he, Shakespeare, as, as Jim Carrey done Shakespeare. Shakespeare. <laughs> he's appeared no, in a Shakespeare film for the credibility. But that's I'll it. agree with Charlie on this one. I think that Jim Carrey is, a, is the 90s version of Bill Murray. He's, where, a, gurning, he's a gurning fool, but he's like very When talented. he does comedy, it's yeah, very good. Fool. I love Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. But like yeah. When he does comedy, he's very good at it, but he's basically playing the same character over and over again mm. makes the yeah. Ventura, check cable, the mask, uh, yeah, yeah. Check. There, there was there was a phase where he played similar characters but uh cable guy that's uh that's very different sort of performance that, yeah, that, is that, brilliant. that may be one of his that may be his best performance for me hmm. uh well truman shows not not sort of slapstick style comedy either is it and eternal sunshine that's quite quite downbeat in places yeah, he's kind of like uh like more Jimmy range Stewart there than bill murray's got in in the truman oh, show like a little bit, you know, he's, he's a likable character. Um, I don't know which, which Jim Carrey been doing recently. <laughs> Has he just, been doing serious or comedy? Just embarrassing himself over the fact that he likes Emma Stone. Does he? Oh, yeah, he's got this massive she's, crush on her. She's too young for him. I don't think he cares. Right, anyway, that's Roll Call. On to the film then. Well... Why don't you? Why don't you start? <laughs> we we all know the story. Um, I mean, the story's been told plenty of times and in different ways. Um, do, do we not like the setting? We don't like the setting. It seems the two of you no. don't like the fact that you know he is high up, in the same way that Michael Caine in Muppet Christmas Carol is high up. You know that Scrooge has to be on a level. He's not a poor man. He's quite a rich man. Is you know in this case he's the head of the network. The confusing thing is, how did he... The one thing that I didn't like from the start was he commissioned this other Scrooge and got a trailer d- done for it, even though it would never... No, that's the never same Scrooge. No, that's the same Scrooge, except he wanted to use a more enticing commercial for it. W- which had nothing to do with the final product. Yeah, but that's the whole thing. You want the audience to tune in. They're expecting oh, to see I thought explosions. He was, I thought he had a, a separate thing that he, like, project mm-hmm. that he was trying to film. But again, I missed a lot of the things in this. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that that was the whole thing. It was like, yeah, he's but, like, that doesn't have pizzazz. He goes, I'm going to give you something that people are going to want to tune in and play this like every hour on the hour, you know? Yeah, that, that, that's 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 what it was. And um, I thought the opening kind of five minutes was the best part of the film, probably, to be honest. They had that attack on Santa's workshop, didn't it? With, uh, yeah, the, the, the night the reindeer died. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Father, Father loves Beaver. Um, that was 
got a laugh out of me um, when, when that was showcased. Yeah, come on, Joe. Yeah, fatherless beaver, though. No, I laughed. I actually, that's that was me laughing. Not, I, I guess I was rolling my eyes, but I forgot. I was rolling it because I forgot about that. I was like, that is pretty funny. Yeah. If I know yeah. your father, he's out chasing beaver. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, you're thinking the first five minutes is basically just the promos for some of the things where you'll love it. Yeah. Very good. Did you ever hear? I remember this comedian used to say, because you know what the dirtiest thing on television ever said was, and it, it was on Leave It to Beaver. You know when uh, what's her name June said, Ward. I think you're a little hard on the Beaver last night. <laughs> <laughs> That's a line from Eight Mile, is it? Warren, I, I think you've been hard on the Beaver. Are you doing something, Wally and Miss Cleaver? It's what yeah, Eminem no, does Warden in his Jr. final the rap. Parents, Beaver was the kid. You know? right. But she okay. did say that during one episode. Yeah. There's a lot but you can do keep... with Beaver, which is yeah. Yeah. obviously the most famous one. Nice Beaver. Yeah, it's great too. Yeah, it is classic. <laughs> As we've covered it. Um, I, I, personally, I, I'm fine with the setting. I think I'm fine with the setting. I'm fine with the humanitarian of the year. I'm fine with him nicking the taxi, leaving it in the taxi leaving the award it doesn't care doesn't matter to him uh you've got all this set up for all of the people there he makes it in there and goes john forsyth visits you're going to be visited by three ghosts i think it's a, i think it's a good setup personally uh, well first of all like i said i, I think a christmas carol uh, you know is better off in the time period that it was written for but i also think it should take place in england and this was like an american version of a christmas carol um I don't know, was his name Ebenezer? No, it wasn't, right? Was no, his Frank, name Scrooge? Frank Cross, Frank Cross. Oh, so he wasn't even Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't say it again. I just don't like this movie. I think Sorry. I think one, one of the problems of the, of the characters, I, I don't mind films being updated, so it's valid to set something in modern America versus Victorian England. But um, but the whole point of the original stories is this big redemption arc and he's this miserly figure, but he's not just cruel and awful because he's an awful person. He's he's had this kind of past trauma and he's reacted badly to it and he's become yeah. a bitter, twisted old man and then they show him why he's become that and how life is for the people today and how his life and their lives will pan out in the future. That's the kind of plot plot arc of the, the book. Um, but this is just a nasty piece of work for reasons that aren't properly explained, to be honest. And... Um, and it's just, it lacks any of the poignancy and the kind of um, romance of that. It's not even really a Christmassy film, um, to be honest. Oh, of, it's, um, I don't think so, you know, because and, and the whole kind of show that he's making is just, a, is just a joke. You know, it's kind of referenced at the start and at the end and then left alone for chunks in the middle, I think. It's... Um, so it so lacks any of the kind of heart of the original. I mean, I'm not saying it has to compare to Charles Dickens in order to be good, you know, classic of modern literature. But um, yeah, it's just it's, it's lazy. It's badly directed. You can tell there were production issues with it, and uh, and it's just a series of stuff that happens one after another. There isn't that kind of flow that goes through the film at all. I'm not a filmmaker. I won't embarrass myself by trying to talk about narrative arcs and things. But um, that's kind of what it's. It's lacking, I think, and and Bill Murray does a really cynical 
slipshod performance, I would say, at the heart of it. And if and because he's on screen almost all the time, if yeah. he doesn't carry the film, then I think it just sags massively. And he's not a very attractive guy either. You know, no. like when you see like th- them zooming up to him, you see something happened to his face at some point in his life. You know, like you get away with that in Ghostbusters, but you can't get away with that like where you're the main character in a movie. And, you know, and I guess that is very nitpicking that I'm kind of busting on his looks and all that. But if he's, like you said, Dom, like if he's going to carry this movie, he's got to be perfect. And he was not. And I, I also want to talk about like the, the Bob Cratchit character, like Bobcat Goldwaite. I didn't think he was very good. And the problem with that, too, is that, you know, he kind of went crazy and he was going to kill. Uh, yeah, a lot happened to him in, in less than 24 hours. Yeah, it's like. You're supposed to, like, with, with Scrooge, you're supposed to be sympathetic towards the Bob Cratchit character. You can't be sympathetic towards him once he decides to go, like, on a murderous rampage, you know? So uh, that doesn't yeah. work either. And it, it just happens, doesn't it? It's like, bang, bang, bang. Oh, he's, done, he's, got, he's been fired. Now he's gone, become a drunk. Now he's become homicidal. And now he's been redeemed. And it's like, okay, When did he have the time for his wife to leave him and his wife to take the kids? And then to appear at certain points in the film where... You know, his, his drink either gets smashed on the floor or gets nicked by the cab driver or the Christmas past. Where, do, where does this all happen in his arc? And it, it, you're right, it doesn't make a lot of sense because, yeah. The the, the love interest, that's another one, uh, you know, that doesn't work for oh, me. I'll, why? I, I don't understand. I mean... I, yeah. Well, go right, on, okay, she's not right. Okay, so she's not a leading lady. Right. She's not a leading lady. In the same way that Andy McDowell isn't the leading lady in Four Weddings and a Funeral. Totally lacking. In fact, no, I've been mean to Karen Allen. Andy McDowell is totally lacking any acting ability or any emotion that you would want to put her way. You don't oh. root for her. Well, you don't root for her. You don't want her to win. You want Hugh Grant to win. And at the end of it, you're like going, why did you go for her? That's that. That's Four Weddings and a Funeral. Well, because- not, well let's, let's change movies. Instead of Four Weddings and a Funeral... Why don't we go to her, to Groundhog Day? Because Andy McDowell was in that movie. Okay. So you're saying that Karen Allen is better in this movie than Andy McDowell was in Groundhog Day? I'd say yes, because I no. don't. I think Andy. Well, because I think Andy McDowell is. That's not what Groundhog Day is about. Groundhog Day does is is you could you could interest you could put somebody else in there. I'm not talking about Karen Allen. You put somebody else in Groundhog Day. Film still works perfectly. In fact, if you put somebody better in there, Groundhog Day gets even better. If that's such a thing. If well, such that's a how thing I feel exists. about Scrooge. I, I don't think Karen Allen is special at all. No, because she's not. That, and this is the this is defense I'm trying to make. She's not a leading lady. She's not somebody that you go, oh, well, I could see why you would fall in love with her and do that. In Indiana Jones, she wasn't that. No. You know, so, right. So, but Indiana Jones had genuine affection for her, like this. You put her in this, she's probably the most miscast person in this. However, she is in it. She genuinely does the best with what she's got. And there's there's a genuine connection between the two of them. The bit that the bit that loses me completely is when she doesn't he's dressed as uh, Frisbee, the dog, and John Forsyth goes, I'm inviting you out, admittedly with my mistress, we're gonna go out for some food now. Do you want to come? Do you want to come with us? And she comes and goes. Oh, Bob and Carol are coming round for. I'm like, are you supporting him or not? 
because I'm not being funny. Bob and Carol coming round can wait. The president of the company is inviting you out for a meal, and this is really important. And she does 100% nothing. Agree. 100% she does agree nothing to help him. Yeah. But, however, not my first choice of leading lady, and I'll end on this. Not my first choice of leading lady, but she does the best with what she's got, and the bit with the door slamming him in the face I, makes it for me. It, it makes it work just on that bit, because the two of them are... Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll end there. She does the best with what she's got, but what she's got are slim pickings, really. She's just this caricature, you know, she's a lovesick caricature, you know, a person, and then she's running this kind of shelter for the homeless, you know, set, so she sets her up as being this saint who's um, just sacrificed her life for the betterment of others, and you get a bit of a flash-forward to her for the Ghost of Christmas Future, where she's become some uber-cold-hearted woman in some highly implausible uh, lifestyle change based off a throwaway line that he gave her and, um, and that would, that would never have happened but that would well, never have happened no no so so it doesn't really matter about her capability as an actress i don't think i think any actress would have struggled with this part it's just a really badly written implausible part and, and it's a comedy so you know it gets a lot of leeway i'm not expecting it to be shakespeare um but yeah it just feels tag, the- tagged on other minor annoyances while we're talking about or we're talking about her at the end where he catches the coin and obviously interrupts the proceedings and starts to go on his admittedly too long rant uh, that he does there are some good moments in it he kisses the solid gold dancer under the mistletoe even though he's about to go well that was good and I did like the kiss but it's not the the not my true love who's watching at the moment. And I'm like, why'd you do that, dude? Seriously. That's, that's like Cause going... Because she was under the mistletoe. Well, well, we can go into the, the woman kissing kissing John, uh, you know, John Glover underneath the mistletoe, practically jumping him. I mean, I'm sure millennials or Gen Z would have a problem with that these days. But I mean, um, yeah, I, I just, yeah. I think that one of the problems is the casting of this movie. I think a lot of people have played by other actors. Like, and, and I and it's I see a lot of Ghostbuster actors in this, too. Like, Bill Murray, I actually think, like, when I think of, like, this was made in the 80s, probably Harrison Ford, I think, could have done it and played it more seriously and would have been more interesting for me, I think. Bill Murray just didn't work for me. Harrison Ford, think, Harrison Ford would never work because if he, I, played, I don't, if he was I don't believe, playing it seriously, I don't believe he could come out the other side. I don't believe he could have a smile on his face and be full of Christmas cheer. Well, maybe Harrison I'm, Ford just I'll, not do I guess that. what I'm trying to say is anybody other than Bill Murray. I tell you who would have been great in this film, Steve Martin. This would have been a yeah. cracking film. Steve Martin to have been there in. He could go. have played the. No, uh, actually, the, I just, can't disagree with that. Just some heart to it. That's what Bill Murray's character is lacking, and his performance is lacking. It's any sort of heart. You don't root for him. He deserves everything he gets. And to be honest, he should get a comeuppance, not some highly dubious uh, last-minute you know, personality change. So, yeah, Steve Bart would have brought some warmth. That's a good shout, some, man. That's yeah, a good shout. That is very good. And there are lo- I think there are several other 80s comedians who could have pulled this off far better um, than Murray. I, and I, I mean, think I'm, I'm thinking back to... Yeah, sorry. I was thinking back to... Steve Martin in Leap of Faith, mm. comedy and very, very good acting by him. 
And I know, I know if Amanda was here at the moment, she'd go, Steve Martin, oh, God, rubbish. But right. she loved Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. She loved, she loved some of the genuinely the stuff that she's watched him in. Now, he is one of my favorites. I mean, not all yeah. of his movies are home runs, but he, he can transcend into doing dramatic too, which is pretty cool. Mm. But I would say like the Bobcat role, I could see John Candy playing that role a little better. Or maybe yeah. even Rick Moranis. It might have been a little too... Ah, that's uh, a good... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But Bob... I, I guess back then he was popular because he was like a stand-up comedian and I think he would show up on Saturday Night Live and he always... Uh, you know, like that was his whole shtick. You know, like where he was like the nervous kind of like weird guy. And, I, and people found it funny, especially after Police Academy. So like, get that guy! You know, but I don't think he was the right guy. Like... like this role doesn't have longevity where I think that someone that was actually a good comedian would have done such a better job at, at the character. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> uh, Rodney Dangerfield probably could have played uh, the John Forsythe role. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking for the main role. I, I do like that idea. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we get into trivia time, because obviously we've got a keep it nice and nice and tight on this um before we get to the scores I'll, I'll just read a few trivia bits out which will probably help with the things that we've been talking about um i do like the story about richard donner um the filming began in december 87 uh but with christmas approaching he asked paramount if they can have christmas day off because paramount said you need to keep going you need to film christmas day so what what did richard donner do he fired everyone on December the 24th and then rehired them on December the 26th, um, which I think is it sums up Richard Donner perfectly. I think it's, um, yeah, pretty much pretty much where I expected someone like him. Uh, when Carol Kane grabbed Bill Murray's lip, she tore it so badly, the film was halted for several days. It's quite vicious, I, I, isn't it? We kind of went past, like, the ghosts that, that I did want to mention. Hmm. Uh, Carol Kane, I, I always think she's awful in everything that she's in. I just don't like her. I don't understand the attraction. Obviously, she's been in The her. Princess Bride recently. She was in The yeah. Princess Bride. She was in Taxi. And and I thought she was awful in this role, too. I just don't like her. Okay. And um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Buster Poindexter. Is it David Johansson? Yes, I had him ghosts? down, but I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know he, him from anything, so I, I was coming up blank on that. He was a singer in a band, and then he became Buster Poindexter, and he did that song, Hot, Hot, Hot. You know? You know that song. Oh, what, Feeling Hot, Hot, Hot? Yeah, that was That's him. him? Yeah. What? Yep, Can Buster Poindexter. It was, yeah, it was like a, a huge song over here, like right. for months. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, he he was like in a serious rock band. I forget the name of the band. Uh, and then all of a sudden, he reinvented himself as Buster Poindexter, like who is like this suave kind of guy, you know. And um, yeah, so he got popular from that. But no, no, I, I and that's probably part of the trivia that Bill Murray wanted him in the movie because they were friends. He was on Saturday Night Live a lot, I'm not, too. I'm not sure I've got that in the trivia, um, but I do have that Bill Murray and Richard Donner didn't enjoy working together. 
uh, creating a lot of tension on set. When asked by film critic Roger Ebert if he had any disagreements with Donna, Murray, Murray replied, only a few, every single minute of the day. That could have been a really, really great movie. The script was so good, there's maybe one take in the final cut that's mine. We made it so fast, it was like doing a movie live. He kept telling me to do things louder, louder, louder. I think he was deaf. Was what Murray was what Murray said. But you know, you've got to take some responsibilities as an actor. You, if you're a good actor, and if you're especially if you're a good comedic actor, you can take whatever you're given and do do your best with it. Murray trivia. doesn't get the benefit, the benefit of the doubt, though, does he? Because he's got a track record of being problematic on yeah. sets, doesn't he? So this, you know, if it was his word against the directors, but you know, the director's got a track a track record of successful, much more successful and capable films than this, and yet Murray's always had that reputation as being a, mm. well, let's say, a difficult person. Yeah. Um, the street musicians. Um, does anyone have a guess? The two famous street musicians. That he walks past with his brother. One was David Sanborn. I think yeah. I know all of them. Go on. Paul Schaefer from yes. Late Night. Late there. Night, yeah. Um, I go for the full. Larry Carlton, guitarist. Yes. Who, oh. He appeared on Late Night. And the most famous one is, uh, oh, I can't, I don't know who it is. He's the one playing the horn. Uh, to help you out. Just give me one letter. M. Miles Davis. Miles Davis. Very good. Very good. Absolutely. Um, uh, what have we got else here? Bam, bam, bang. When, uh, so, I didn't know this. When Frank throws the water on the waiter that was he, he sees burning, the line he comes out with is, I'm sorry, I thought you were Richard Pryor. Uh, before I tell you what it is, because I only found this out when I did tri- when I created the trivia for the for the podcast, why did he say that? Anyone? I know. I mean, do you know Dom? Dom? No, do sorry. Uh, okay, over uh, to you, Joe. Well, Richard Pryor was huge on drugs, and I think he was freebasing cocaine at the time, exactly, and he set himself yeah. on fire. Um, but yeah, that was a big story. Like uh, everybody was always making fun of him. Because he set himself on fire and almost burned himself. In which case, that's quite poor taste joke, I think. But but still. Well, it was a different time back then. It's like, because if you would have said that now, someone would say, you're racist for saying that, you know. Uh, but you say it back then, people just thought it was funny, you know, because you're an idiot. You know, it's like, you're an idiot, first of all, for waste, spending all your goddamn money on, on drugs and then just lighting yourself on fire. Like, he almost died, you know. And uh, it's just stupid. Well, so, speak, speaking of drugs, oh. though, I've got uh, one of my, my only contributions to trivia time is um, on Bill Murray's 20th birthday, he was arrested at Chicago's O'Hare Airport for trying to smuggle 10 pounds, which is four and a half kilos of cannabis, which he'd uh, obviously wanted to sell. And that was discovered after Murray had joked to the passenger next to him that he'd packed a bomb in his luggage. So Murray was convicted and sentenced to probation. Oh, if that had happened in England, four and a half kilograms of cannabis, you'd be looking at a lengthy prison sentence for that. So, Very lengthy. Probation, yeah. Back in the early 70s, you know, gets you 10 pounds in American currency. Um, probation, yeah. Does that sound right? Well, do, do you, is it legal where you are now? No. no. 
See, it's legal basically where we are now. Uh, they kind of gave up on it and just said that like so many people are <laughs> we're still going. Well, well, I'll tell you what, Joe, I'll just pick up the rights whilst um, you're, you're speaking to your yeah, okay. there. But, um, yeah, because I'm a big... Uh... Christmas, Merry Christmas, and you look like Santa Claus to all of you. All right. <laughs> oh, bless time. you. Oh, bless you. It's lovely to see you. Yeah, my mother just lovely to see you. Yeah. yeah. We're still doing the show. I know. Yeah. I know. No, you don't. <laughs> you're still recording. Oh, you're still recording. Yeah. Can you... Anyway. Can, can you tell her to have a have, have a lovely a Christmas from us? Oh, he he said have a lovely Christmas. Same to you. Okay. Oh. Just, just ladies and gentlemen. That's yeah, there we go. Say, see, I was going to say something funny, but people would think I would say it was serious. I won't say she, it. She doesn't get a cut of the royalties, unfortunately, just on that no. one. But still, um, uh, Bill Murray turned. See, this is where I don't trust IMDb sometimes. Bill Murray turned down the lead roles in three films to make this film. So they say. Do not want to guess? Well, I kind of know them, which I do, think is do, do insanity. You? I, 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 one of them, I have no idea how, how it fits in. Dom, do you want to have a guess? 88 films. So filmed in 87, released in 88. I know two of them. Go, go on, Joe. Which ones do you think you know? Rain Man. Yeah. Uh, was he the um, the autistic guy or the? Oh yeah, I'm sure. He yeah, he would have to be. Yeah. Next one. What? There's no. There's no. He hasn't got the acting chops to do that role. So yeah, that was what. A, dodged a bullet there. Right. Next one. Um. Want me to go? Yeah. Big. Yes. He would have been Tom good Hanks in that. character. Yeah. 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 It'd be great in that. And he would what? save the world from Tom B- Hanks. B- Bill Murray, known for better his childlike than, yes. enthusiasm. I, I, know, I know this sounds like weird, but better than Tom Hanks. Most people are better than Tom Hanks. But anyway, let's maybe not go he, down maybe that if, road. Maybe if he'd been a teenager that had transitioned to an adult, then he could have got the surly negativity uh, on point, but uh, not the kind of childlike wonder that Tom Hanks brought to proceedings. No, I just Wait. think, like what I was saying, he would have saved the world from Tom Hanks. Big is what made him. Like, he did Splash before, then he did Big... And then everyone bachelor was party. like, "That's his no that, bachelor party. No, that's that still was his was peak. Just, that was his peak. That was a fun movie, but it didn't make him big. Made him, you know, and that's why he went on to do all those other movies, and then eventually Forrest Gump. And uh, when I get my time machine, I'm how many Oscars is that? Idiot I'm gonna, one? I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna talk to Bill Murray and go, for God's sake, man, make big. Dom, could you answer that? Well, how many I like Oscars to- is Tom I'm, Hanks? I, I, I don't know. Uh, he's well, he didn't get it for Seven Private Ryan, did he? But he did for uh, he must. I tell you, what, I'll do some quick giggling while we chat. But I'm just going to say I like Tom Hanks. Yeah, he did. He did for that. I'm not. Say, I'm not getting to dark allegations about his private life. We'll stay clear of that. But as an <laughs> oh actor, no, I'm not yeah. talking about that either. I, I just think he's right. overrated. Oh, I'm everything. talking about that. But yes, anyway, Charlie, you're not allowed to talk about that. I remember? I know I'm not allowed to talk about it. It's fine. It's <laughs> pure pure speculation, of course. Um, the uh, the film that I find incredulous that he could have been in the lead in, and I am assuming he's the Brian Brown character, is Cocktail. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, would he, that. Yeah. it's a Tom Cruise vehicle. Brian Brown is is a perfect foil for him. Very good. Cocktail is one of my guilty pleasures of the 80s. I love it. I go to it when I just want to feel good and I just have something on in the background. Brian Brown is perfect in it. 
Tom Cruise is perfect in it. Don't take any of them out. And I can't see where Bill Murray fits into either of those roles. Tom, Tom Hanks has been nominated six times and won two Oscars for Best Actor for Philadelphia. Yeah, Forrest yeah. Gump. Mm, right. He, also, he won one for Forrest Gump. Yeah. Best Actor in... He went back to back in 94 and 95, yeah. Yeah, no, I thought he won for um, Saving Private Ryan too, but he didn't win, you said. No, so he also got nominated for Big, um, Saving Private Ryan, Castaway, which is a travesty, and A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which was all right. That was a, I don't know. I mean, that that really, for me, I, well, I won't get into it. But anyway, getting back to. I'm going to sit um, this one out, yeah. Um, yeah. Right, so last three pieces of trivia. I, well, I, did, I did want to say, I think he would have been good in cocktail i think he would work better too because i mean yeah brian was it brian brown was that his what, name? You t- what you'd have put him in the brian brown character oh yeah you know no way no way oh why is that we you were saying no the way Cruise don't character? touch that no no, no. Well, well, first don't appear in it well didn't there's, he no, meet him there's in, no room for you in it didn't he meet him in america who tom cruise i mean his character I mean, I was always in America. He was a cadet at the start of the film. He basically was put on a put on a bus. I'm talking. I'm talking about. I'm talking about cocktail. That's what I was talking about. No, what I'm saying is he started working at a at a bar, and then the senior bartender. I could see it being someone that was like him. That you know, that was probably an American. Just learned how to do his no bartending skills became very popular much of all of bill murray no i could see him more as a mentor not than happening. i could see sorry the brian brown did he get nominated what? was he nominated brian brown no for that role it's guilty pleasure of course it is. it's a great role last three pieces like, of trivia right last three pieces of trivia i just wanted the, to say i didn't like he killed himself as oh that's why i don't like that movie and i know that doug's dead yeah it's, it's a bad well yeah the minigun used by Lee Majors was also used in another film. Anyone? Die Hard? <laughs> no. Minigun. Where's a minigun in Die Hard? I don't know. With, with that shirt that you're wearing, that sweater oh, you're wearing. Oh, come on. The famous, the famous minigun. Are you going to show your sweater to the um Oh, audience? sorry. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm, I'm currently looking at a document because I'm, I'm printed it off. But yeah. Um, ho, ho, ho. Now I have a machine gun. And having just taken my uh, 13 year old to watch Die Hard, I'm beaming with pride when she gave it an eight and a half out of 10. So, yes. Um, come on, miniguns. How about if I phrase Predator. the question differently? Thank you. There we go. What did you say? Helicopter guns. Predator. Predator. There was only two films oh, I could think of Terminator 2 and Predator. Uh, the last, uh, Bill Murray declined to return in Caddyshack 2 in order to appear in this film. Uh, having well, recently watched Caddyshack 2, it is probably maybe the worst film of the 80s. There is nothing going for it. Where Caddyshack is is pr- really good, nothing works in Caddyshack 2 at all. Well, it, we we're we're going to do Caddyshack in a future episode of Rusty because it needs to be rewatched. I watched it recently and I thought it was not good. Oh, come on. Well, I, I, they were going to do a movie, a remake, uh, a sequel to Caddyshack. You had to bring in back Chevy Chase. You had to bring back Rodney Dangerfield, and you had to bring back Ted Knight. You know, without yep. them being in it, don't even bother going to see us. So no, Bill Murray see, skipped it. it. He yep. made the right move. 
Um, in the US, the tagline for this film was Bill Murray is back amongst the ghosts, only this time it's three against one. That is such a bad tagline. Oh, yeah, that's horrible. That's awful. Uh, and the last one is a question for both of you. The excitement over a VCR as a Christmas present may seem odd today when this film was released. A typical VCR costs between... What range was it? Well, I got my VCR back in around that time. Okay. And, and I had to save up it? for it because my parents were too cheap. So I had okay. to like... <laughs> get jo- Joe's mom in the background there shaking her head sadly to herself. <laughs> <laughs> God, she's got her hearing aids off. Okay. So... <laughs> no, so no. What I, did you pay? I have $500. So a, VC, a typical VCR costs between $500 and $1,500. In 2022 I- money... That's between $1,000 and $3,000. That's how much it cost. How did anyone watch VC get video recorders? Seriously. Well, you rented them. You know, I mean, that's a, the whole thing. It was popular. And it, and again, like when you found out, like when you went to the store, it's like, well, yeah, you can get this one. It only has two heads. You really want four heads. Like four heads? Four heads instead of two heads? It's like, <laughs> how much more is that one? <laughs> yeah. It's like it was like a used car salesman, you know, like they when you were going to a store, it's like sucker, here comes a sucker, you know, <laughs> a, rem- a, a non wired remote. How does that work with batteries? Oh, batteries? I, know. I know it's great living through that time and seeing the evolution of the tech was uh, just something, yeah. something to behold. Um, we are at that junction, we are at that point. Scores, um, let's go in order that, that we did, Dom. Well, look, um, Charlie, I'm sorry to disappoint, but I'm going to give this a 2 out of 10 for a deeply Jesus. flawed film, which fails on all levels. The casting, two, the central two performance, out of ten. the direction, yeah, the plotting, the, the care for the audience. It's very poor, very poor film. One of Murray's worst, and he's highly culpable in the outcome. So 2 out of 10. Avoid. Bar humbug. Even though it's like considered a Christmas staple now, in the same way a National Lampoon's Vacation. But okay, it's fine. Um, Joe, yeah, I always I hate to give zero out of tens, you know, because there's always something redeemable oh my in the movie. Goodness. No, I'm not giving it. I'm not giving it a zero out of ten. Um, I'd probably give it, yeah, like a two out of ten, mostly because of rewatchability. I I just don't like the movie, and every time I watch it, I because I know a lot of people like it. I, I want to find something in it that I like. You know what I liked in it was Danny Elfman's score. That's good. You know, yeah, yeah. But it did remind me of a combination of Batman and uh, Beetlejuice, you know. Yeah. Well, you uh, Jim Carrey Grinches. Um, there's a reason why uh, when you mention this, people go, oh, yeah, Scrooge. Yeah, that's on TV. Oh, I watched that this Christmas. Oh, it's part of the Christmas scheduling. Like maybe that's Love Actually. TV. <laughs> like love actually um weirdly i watched um a, a film that everyone went mad for the holiday with jude law and kate winslet I, I i lasted about seven or eight minutes before i went the saccharine crap needs to it needs to be turned off and i watched no more oh um, charles i saw that recently it's awful it's not awful it's romantic it's, you, it's you, awful if you've got Chicks some ro- that movie yeah, they do, and uh, you know it's it's romantic. And I think if you've got right. a romantic bone in your body that you can, it's better than Scrooge. You should oh. cuddle up with a man on the sofa and watch that. It, it's like Gone with the Wind compared to Scrooge. Well, 
I mean, I'm not hang, a huge fan of it either. To, hang on to your hats, you two. I'm going to get... Uh, screw both of you, because I'm full of Christmas cheer. I'm going to give it an eight. Oh, I thought you were going to give it a ten to kind of like no, screw around no, with the I'm average. No, give it an eight. There are things wrong with it. I know there are things wrong with that. But can I go downstairs and watch it again right now? Absolutely. Absolutely, what you, I can. What would you say your three favourite things are about this film? Uh, Bill Murray and his performance, definitely, 100%. Uh, I did like the Ghost of Christmas. I, I liked how they did the um, the Ghost of Christmas uh, future. I thought that was very good. Some and, sub Fraggle, Fraggle Rock style. Uh, and, and, I did, and I did like I did like the undercurrent, even though I made an impassioned argument against Karen Allen being leading lady. I like the way that that kind of worked. I like the the thing that underpins it all the way through. Do I like the saccharine bit at the end? Yeah, of course I do. I go mad for it. I like a good Christmas. I, I I don't care where it's going to come from. If somebody's promoting a good Christmas thing, apart from Joe, unfortunately, America makes a plethora of crap every year <laughs> with usually one romantic lead, one one, one guy. Uh, about they, call, they call it something. I mean, oh, I'm, that's like, Oh, let's, the, not, you, you, let's you, not forget you about Home Alone. We did yeah, that. Yeah, you churn out this Hallmark rubbish every year, and it's just oh like, yeah, well yeah, yeah. Oh, I understand gosh. that. But yeah. I said I said we should have done Home Alone for this pod, which got roundly ignored. Um, I think it was already wasn't it already done. Oh, that's poss- that's possibly why then. But uh, mm. no, uh, we did Home Alone too. We should have got a ten banger for this pod. As it is, we got screwed. Well, I got yeah, I got an eight out of ten banger. But so, yeah, if, if you add our scores together, you got a ten out of ten. But. Uh, Genuinely, I have a nice. I, I and I'm I'm not afraid to admit this. I genuinely, when I was watching it with Amy, I always get a little bit of tear in my eye at the end of the film. And I think it's just a callback to when I was 16 and I watched it and I was like it's, caught up in it. Maybe that's maybe that's why I give it such a high score. Maybe that's the way. But, it's too dark. And you know what else too? The Tiny Tim character. It's not like he was going to die. It's just he was never going to talk again. You Which have, isn't the, the end of the world. You have one homoerotic experience in a cinema, and it's uh, it's changed you for life, Charlie. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's, warped, it's warped your objectivity. It's it's changed me for the better. Yeah, um, hugging each other. Good lord. Look, you get, yeah, oh, semi firm watching Scrooge. That's on you, really. To be honest, mate. It's, uh, left, <laughs> I would say it's that. Cold. I can't even think of a movie where I would come close to hugging somebody. <laughs> oh, for good God's sake! So listen to you. Bar humbug to both of you. Right. Um, well, this concludes the end of, well, season seven was concluded with Crocodile Dundee, but no, this is the end, as jo- Jim Morrison would say, uh, the end of season seven. Yeah. Um, season eight. Peak, mate. You need to be bringing some bells in the background here. You need to be oh, well, giving our well, listeners visions. I would put some puddles. bells in there, but you two would probably go, oh, bloody bells, how contrived. I can't believe you're putting those in, especially after two out of ten for the a, a Christmas staple, which it is now. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, sorry to break it to you both, but I mean it is. It's still going to keep going on. People are still going to laugh about it. So going to still going to laugh about being hit in the the uppercut with a toaster. It's still going to carry on long after we've shuffled off this mortal coil. But anyway, that was cool. right. But well, it's lasted. Well, how many years so far? Well, I think we 30, I asked this 30, last 30, time. 30, 35 years. Which it's your favorite Christmas well. film? Dom, what's your favorite Christmas film? Uh, yeah, I was 
very obvious, and I, I do like Home Alone and Elf, but I would say, yeah, it's a wonderful life. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is, is the one that always gets me in the mood for, for Christmas. So I think that's, that's what yeah. I said. Yeah. Do you, guys, do you get the, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the Claymation, and Santa Claus is coming to town? Those were staples. Like, it's not a thing that makes it, up. makes it over here, but yeah. Oh, yeah, those were awesome. Yeah, that's pure Christmas. Um, you know, I would say, like, for me, my favorite Scrooge is the one with Albert Finney. I said the last time, Scrooge, uh, it's called Scrooge, instead of a Christmas Carol. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it's tough. Uh, and like we said, well, do, you know, we disagree. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie for it me. It is. Um, <laughs> it is. It doesn't I mean, make any sense. You know, like, again, like, is Batman Returns a Christmas movie do, for you? Do, right. So, yes, and we went through this last time. I would say that that screenshot or that that short uh, YouTube short where Bruce Willis goes, "Die Hard is not a Christmas movie," was yeah. done at his was done at his roast. He was making fun of it. Of course, it's a Christmas movie. Well, I t- I said last time it's just a bunch of hipsters. Die Hard Two is even more of a Christmas movie, and we've covered that. We've covered both. I well, I, like I said, I just think there's a prerequisite. There shouldn't be ultra violence in a Christmas movie. Oh, uh, and on that note, dear listeners, you need to watch Violent Night. Um, I forget his name. The guy, the police chief out of um, Stranger Things. Uh, Amanda watched it for the first time uh, on Wednesday and went, that was the most crazy thing that I've ever seen. That's not a Christmas movie either. But but it is, Joe. I mean, it's, it's got Santa in a diehard situation because his reindeer and stuff have left him and he's basically on his own. Yeah. And he goes around killing like, yeah. I don't know if they're terrorists or blackmailers. I mean, good Lord, that bit where he's in the, in the shed. I mean, wow. I mean, man was just like, Oh, going over, going, she'd gone past the, this is gory. She's gone. She'd gone past that into this. is. I now have to laugh at this because otherwise I'd probably cry. But yeah. No, I know Violet, a lot of people loved it. Violet Night. I, it just didn't do anything for me. No. Have you watched it, Dom? No, but I'm in the mood for staying up and having another little drop of something after this pod finishes you recording. Need to so put, like, yeah. yeah. Go on to um, any reputable, well, any any streaming service, um, legitimate right. or otherwise. Yeah. Go, go and find it. Watch a um, good film, send some messages, have a drink. Violent Night. And, and it's even got Beverly D'Angelo... Um, from National Lampoons. So you've even got that bit in there as well. A little bit more Christmas uh, spirit on there. Right. Well, we'll see you in 2024, very early on, I would say. For the 90s, uh, yeah. Or a, a dip into the 90s, it's officially called. That's what we're going to be calling it. Yeah, um, are we drawing this from a hat? Perhaps our listeners don't need to know the answer. I don't know. Are you I, choosing what's we, going on? We haven't on? decided this, but... what? I would, right, so what I'm going to put out there, because I know we've got loads of listeners. We've got loads for The Princess Bride. It, it was... It, it, out of control it was really good if if we, we could do this on a poll we could do whatever else but let's start with if you've got some 90s films that you want to cover if you're listening to this and going do you know what i like i like what everyone does i think we all bring something unique into the podcast we'll definitely do if you want to hear us talk about a 90s film send it in send it in through um uh, Instagram, send it through the the email address that's on the the, uh, the podcast. It's on the notes there. And um, if you want to send us in Facebook Messenger, just get in touch. And if we can cover it, 
it might be such a good idea that one of us might have already thought about it. But if we haven't thought about it, we'll put it in there. Because yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be the 90s to be a really long season because there's, there's quite a lot to cover. And I've got some listener input into my list already. So, um, okay, oh, that's you, great. You know, you know who you are. Yeah. But, uh, um, so yeah, so we, we can do that. But let's not Excellent. just use Stone Cold Classics. I don't want to be sitting here fanboying over every film, giving it nine or ten out of ten. I mean, that has its place, of course it does. But let's choose some things which are worth a revisit that were popular at the time and may not have stood the test of time or vice versa, were panned and maybe deserve a re-evaluation. I always think there's some interesting to give you one, as well. I was going to give you one of my films, which isn't well known. Ooh, and I was going to chuck it in. Charlie, oh, on, I was going to chuck it in. Us, what are you doing? Well, what no, because if I, if, I, if I tell you what it is, I can't choose it. Should I... I'll do that because well, there's, there's so well, many other that things. That makes I can no pick sense. From. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I, do you know what? I've got a feeling that you'll just pull it all to bits and it'll be really, it won't be a very good podcast. Shall I tell you? And then I won't choose it because I've got like 15 that well, I can pick from. If you regret it, you can always beep yourself at this point. So go on then. Disclosure. That's fine that you don't choose this. <laughs> well, I'll say. See, there you go. No, but that would have been a good one because we could have really looked at sexual politics of the 90s Absolutely. through the lens of how mental it's gone these days. We've we? done so. quite a lot of Michael Douglas. So, you know, I mean, he's always been at the forefront of, you know, water cooler talking points. Um, Anyway, disclosure, Demi Moore in that. Okay. Yeah, also, anyway, it's not going to be on the list. Anyway, all it remains to say is not cheerio in this case. It's ha- have a happy Christmas and a great new year to you all. And thank you for listening. I mean, seriously, you we we see the stats, we see who's listening, and we love you all. And if you want to get in touch, if you want to wish us happy Christmas, by all means, that'd be lovely. Just any any sort of recommendations that you'd like to see, fantastic. We might be changing a few things around. Who knows if we'll have roll call? I think we probably need to have roll call still. Trivia time. However, we're gonna do it. We're gonna have a lovely discussion because we're gonna take a bit of a break now, but Please get in touch. That'd be fantastic. So I'm going to say, was it Happy Christmas. Well, three weeks. About three weeks. <laughs> yeah, Merry Christmas, listeners. Apologies for the sound quality today. I'll be back in the spare room prison cell in January. No, you sounded good, Dan. Yeah, everything was fine when you moved. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cheers, Merry, gents. Merry Cheers, Christmas, listeners. everyone. Merry Christmas. Oh, because Joe doesn't say Happy Christmas, do you? No. Boo. I'm going to learn that from, learn that from Hermione. And Harry I'm Potter, sweating like a pregnant, <laughs> sweating like a pregnant nun here now. Can we uh, let's let's call an end to 2023 and season whatever it was seven. Right. Yes. Love wash. you. Love you all. Have a have a good Yuletide break. See you in 2024. Cheers. See you. Bye.